0: Greetings listeners, you're listening to A Podcast Remembers, a Game of Thrones podcast hosted on purefandom.com. I am one of your hosts, Liz Pru, joined by my co-host and husband, Eric Pru. Hi. Hi. Um, We are really excited to be back with a new episode. We took a couple weeks off um more than a couple weeks off, but we were waiting for the new trailer to drop. Oh yeah. Heck yeah for season eight. Um premiering <laughs> Sunday, April 14th on HBO. And we have some more exciting news in addition to the kick-ass trailer, which you can check a breakdown for the top five most bombshell moments on purephantom.com right now. But we have some really fun news about um season
1: eight. Uh, yeah, so IGN published something that was based on a new set report from Entertainment Weekly, and it says that there will be an episode in Season 8 that will be the longest battle. I used air quotes, you can't see that. Uh, it will be <laughs> the longest battle sequence, not include the longest battle sequence of the series. So they're potentially indicating that... A 90 minute episode could be an entire battle scene.
0: Well, it's also it well, they're saying it definitely will be the longest consec the longest consecutive on-screen battle scene in cinema history. Yes. And IGN is saying that because of the way Entertainment Weekly worded it, that it's actually the entire episode.
1: Yes, because they said the episode will be the longest battle sequence, not include the longest battle sequence. Right. Which is subtle. But a a good nod to indicate that we're going to see some dying, some fighting, some living.
0: And it's most likely the battle for Winterfell between the White Walkers, the White Walkers.
1: Oh, God. Jon Snow,
0: Danny, and of course, the topic of our podcast tonight, Sir Jamie Lannister. Sir Jamie,
1: I'm very excited to talk about this.
0: I'm excited too. So what we're going to do is we're going to break down not only where we left off with Jamie in the series, where we think his character will go and all the theories surrounding him. But as you know, on a podcast, members, we like to dive deep into the lore that George R.R. Martin has put together in um, a world of ice and fire, of course, a song of ice and fire, the wiki that holds all of this lore. Um, and we actually found some really, really cool stories about Jamie. That we did not know before, and that could help play into where his character will go. So, um, where do you, where do you want me to start? You want me to start with where we saw him last? Yeah,
1: let's let's start. Uh, a lot of people have probably forgotten what the hell happened in season seven. I know I have, so it'd be good to rehash what uh, what the sequence leading up to where we last saw Jamie.
0: Okay, so we last saw Jamie in King's Landing, of course. Mm-hmm. and um it was right after Jon Snow, Danny and co had brought the white walker to King's Landing to Queen Cersei to say, "Hey, let's put a beat on our own battle because we have the war, the great war to fight." Jamie was like, "I'm all in." Hell yes. Cersei revealed to Jamie, "Uh-uh, I'm going to use this to my advantage." She and what's interesting is that she didn't say she didn't believe that there were White Walkers. It's that she just doesn't give a shit.
1: So rude.
0: Yeah. So Jamie was baffled, couldn't believe it. Um, He called her bluff that if he left, she would kill him. Um, Mm -hmm. And he left. And the season eight trailer that was premiered today um, showed that he actually did go to Winterfell. And he said, no, I'm going to keep my promise and I'm going to fight for the team of the living
1: amen and that's a a very bold thing and really speaks to how he has evolved as a character i think we've seen now george R. R. martin has some interesting commentary about his evolution as a character which we can we can dive into as we go go through everything but the the way i see it you know he has evolved from now you know caring about himself and taking care of his family first to really kind of seeing the bigger picture and doing what's right and doing what's good. And I think, uh, you know, you and I have talked about how Brienne of Tarth really impacted his uh, his lens on on the world because of her uh, honor and her real integrity that she acts and lives with every day. And clearly she's affected more, more than him with that. And I think it's interesting in looking at some of the covers of, the new season coming out, Brienne even got a cover on EW, which I thought was great
0: a solo cover, a solo cover because a lot of the sub characters got covers together, mm-hmm. like Grey Worm and Masende, um,
1: who got a nice little love scene preview in the uh trailer.
0: Oh, yeah, she kissed him before hot. he went off to battle, yeah, damn, yes, Whew. in public, they don't curse, steamy. I loved it, um. And it's I I agree with you. I think it shows a lot that Brienne got a solo cover. She what like uh, Sir Jorah was on with. Who was he on with? Was it Sir Davos
1: on Maybe. the Entertainment
0: Weekly cover? He I don't was remember. with somebody else though. And so, but oh, and the Mountain and um, uh, Kyburn. Well, Gregor Clegane and the Hound. Were oh, they on, were on together. They were okay. on a cover together. Yeah, yeah. So. um yeah, it's pretty badass that Brienne got a solo cover for Entertainment Weekly. Um,
1: now, does that indicate an in, um, in increased role in this season? And what should we cover that on a podcast? I don't know.
0: I think we could. Actually, that well, so moving forward. Leading up to the premiere, we're going to be breaking down all of these characters like we're about to do with Jamie. Yes. And so I think Brienne might be a good one to do. Maybe we could combine it with, some, with someone else. But Yeah,
1: some of the secondary characters. As yeah. much as I like Brienne, you know, we got to talk about the big dogs.
0: Well, there's just not a lot as much to talk about with no, her yet. No, she's just
1: so good. There's no depth
0: she's just badass <laughs> she's like just badass. it would just be us talking about how awesome she yeah, is i
1: mean she's just she's seen some shit at this point yeah you know she's seen some gnarly stuff
0: well it's interesting too so as we're talking about the history or well the history and the evolution of jamie as a character it you know it actually warrants a big discussion about Brian because what we're about to dive into is how he grew up and the influences he had
1: mm-hmm. and they
0: weren't really great influences
1: no, Tywin was an asshole.
0: No, and I think at his core, Jamie is a decent, good person. And he has been taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. And he has shown that he's a decent, good person with, of course, and we'll dive more into this, with killing King Ares. Yeah. It wasn't for selfish reasons. It was because he wanted to save all the people that King Ares was about to blow up. Like yeah. his sister did in the season six finale. Yeah. Um, so I think that I'd like to start with, well, do you want me to start with like Jamie's knighthood growing up? Yeah. And all that kind of Let's stuff. Let's start with that. So, um, in growing up, Jamie, of course, is Cersei's twin. Mm-hmm. They were inseparable. They were caught experimenting sexually with each other Ooh, when whoops. they were younger. And <laughs> one of like, uh, the... The um, Lannister, like maidens or nannies or whatever, caught them, put them in separate rooms, and said, you know, if you do this again, I'm going to tell your dad, yada, yada, yada. So that stuff was going on early, early on. But important to note because that bond between him and Cersei, that hold she had on him, mm-hmm. that comes from their childhood. And we all know that when Jamie became... Um, Part of the Kingsguard mm-hmm. and uh, was knighted. Tywin was pissed. We got more into that story.
1: Oh, okay. yeah, there's a lot there. There's the a
0: lot there. So, Tywin was pissed obvi- for obvious reasons because he wanted Jamie to be the heir to Casterly Rock, not yeah, you Tyrion. Ha- you
1: have to give it all up, right, when you join the Kingsguard. Yes,
0: yeah, so you have to give up everything. But in addition to that, while Cersei manipulated Jamie into Becoming part of the King's Guard. Mm-hmm. So, mind you, at this time, um, Tywin was hand of the King to King mm-hmm. Ares. So, Cersei and, um, well, Cersei was in King's Landing with Tywin.
1: Yeah.
0: And so, Cersei said to, ta- to Jamie, why don't you become a King's Guard? So that way you can not only stay here in King's Landing with me, but also. Cersei found out that Tywin was negotiating a marriage between Lysa Aaron and Jamie to join House Arryn, House Lannister. Yep. Well, crazy knows crazy. And Cersei was like, you ain't marrying Lysa.
1: And <laughs> crazy <laughs> knows crazy. Also,
0: um, I want you here with me. So it was like a win-win situation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, um, Tywin was obviously super pissed about that. Him and King Ares were already having a falling out. So Ares made him part of the King's Guard. Tywin claimed he was quote unquote ill, stepped down his hand, returned to Casterly Rock, took Cersei with him. Ooh, and Ares sac- kept, man. yes, kept Jamie to spite Tywin and keep him at King's Landing. And he would give him like little bitch jobs too. Oh, like he yeah. would make him, um, there was one story. Wait, I don't want to tell it if you have it on your list for later. Well, I guess I could say it now he like he would yeah. do things like um when he was really really starting to go crazy uh, I guess burning people aroused him
1: oh, King Ares. god yeah I've read that That's yeah right.
0: so we all know he liked to burn people and that got him going and he would go and um force himself on his wife yeah um and so it D- Danny's mom yep which is awful. And um, Jamie supposedly said to a knight he was guarding the queen's door with, we're supposed to protect her. Like, our duty is to protect her, implying that they should go in and stop him. And the other knight said, we're supposed to te- protect her from every- everyone but him.
1: Yeah. Like, I can't imagine what it must have been like in the King's Guard at that point in time when somebody like that is ruling you lose all sense of what is right and wrong right Mm -hmm. and one of the things that that i read and i i don't think we cover it but you know jamie was 14 or 15 at the time he was one of the youngest knights to ever become he was the youngest people ever to become a knight in the kingsguard so he was super young and impressionable he was making decisions uh not with his head and I, I think he wasn't thinking straight about what it would mean to join the King's Guard and have to work for Ares, especially in spite of his father, which, you know, Tywin was an a-hole, but he was damn smart. He was good. I know he loved Jamie more than you life got, you itself. You got a thing for
0: Tywin. I, I
1: respect the hell out of Tywin, even though he is a jerk, mainly but because of can't... how he acted to Tyrion.
0: Totally, but you can't deny, like you said, the guy's smarts, man.
1: Yeah, I know, and he knows how to build a legacy. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Another one of my another interesting thing that we read that that may have been uncovered in the books, um, which I don't know, but it's in in a wiki of Ice and Fire. Uh, that story that I'm not not sure if the listeners out there remember, but there is a story that Tyrion told really early on in, in Game of Thrones where he was I think this is when he first met Shay yes when he told the story about how the first woman that he ever laid with uh, was someone that he fell in love with and really uh, you know they they got married uh, he was head over heels all of that and then Tyrion came in and told him that she was actually a whore that he had hired and no, Tywin uh, came in and told. Oh, it was Ty, Tywin and Jamie was part. He was privy to the whole thing.
0: He, well, he Tywin told Jamie to tell him this. Yes.
1: Well, that's what we found out, but we didn't know that until we read oh, this right, whole right, thing. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. So, sorry. Go ahead. So Tyrion's talking about how his brother told him that she was a whore and she was paid to act this way. And actually, as it turns out, that was something that Tywin had made him do, that had made Jamie do. And so I think even reading that, you know, um, redeems Jamie even more. So I think as as we've started to read a little bit more about Jamie, it's, it's less of an evolution of his character of becoming a good person. I think it's just allowing that the good in Jamie to truly emerge and for him to be more confident in letting that shine. And I think maybe that's that's the impact of Brianne, you know, being able to be proud of being a good person and doing the right thing. Um, another, (laughs) another fun fact that we read when we were going through some of the background of of Jamie, uh, we read on Wiki of Ice and Fire, it said, following Greyjoy's rebellion, uh, Jamie took part in a tournament in Lannisport, where he broke nine lances against Sir Jorah, (laughs) which was really funny. So Sir Jorah was still in good standing in the, uh, in the North, uh, was probably in line to, uh, take. What's what Bear Island? That's where the Mormons live.
0: Bear Island, yes, yep. in the north.
1: Yep, and uh, apparently Sir Jora actually defeated him in that uh, tourney, which was uh, pretty awesome. And King Robert rewarded the victory to him. Uh, let's see what else. Oh gosh, yeah, we've already talked about this a little bit. Um, in in talking about why he killed the Mad King, I think it's it's that was completely rooted in his willingness and ability to do good for for the you know greater city, if you will, of King's Landing at the time. Uh, obviously, we've read about the the trenches of wildfire that King Ares had demanded be built um, as part of preventing Robert's Rebellion as it was starting to get more and more traction. Uh, so, you know, the fact that Jamie went uh, certainly broke his oath as part of being in the King's Kingsguard, uh, but just making the decision to uh, stick his sword. Well, what's interesting too, just one small side tangent here, uh, in the Wiki of Ice and Fire, which must be what happened in the books, it said that he sliced Ares' throat. Whereas in the in the TV show, it talks about him stabbing him in the back, which I thought was interesting.
0: I want, yeah, it's, I'm like, is what's more accurate, or what's canon, or... <laughs> like. yeah, I don't know
1: what, I suppose the TV show is what we mostly base this off of, but Kind well, of dive into the history.
0: Maybe they say stabbed him in the back because it's more of like a metaphor of what happened. Yeah. Versus how he actually killed him.
1: Yeah, like that's how they pass down the story. Right. Oh, do you remember uh remember that book that talks about all the greatest knights of all time?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it has like all the pages oh, and yeah. Jamie only has a couple of lines. And one of them is that he slayed the king.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's just, I always thought that was funny. Well, and it's it kind of goes into our next point of where we talk about the prince that was promised. Oh yeah. So the prince that was promised doesn't. Um, we'll seek. We'll we'll read the prophecy here in a second, but the prince that was promised. You know, we've heard this from Melisandre in the show. She thought it was Stannis. Now she believes it is Jon Snow, and he will be the one that will save us from the Long Winter, meaning the Night King and his army. The prince that was promised doesn't look to be a hero. Right. Um, and, of course, we see Jon Snow doesn't look to be a hero. He mm-hmm. just does what he does because he knows that's right. I mean, you look at what Jamie Lannister has done. He's done what he's done because he believes it was right. Yeah. He just did it when it wasn't popular opinion. Well, and it's crazy, actually, because... It actually was popular opinion to king king, kill King Aries because King Aries sucked.
1: But it wasn't well known to the broader population.
0: No, it wasn't. Yeah. Um, and honestly, if we look at Jamie, he did, really didn't do much to change people's minds. He didn't care. He That's was right. Like, he was like, the point was that I took care of King Ares. Not that I get recognition for it. I'm not trying to get recognized for murdering the king I was sworn to protect. I'm just trying to protect peop- all the people. That he's supposed yeah. to be ruling over. <laughs> that
1: was a really funny thing as we were reading is is like hearing the fact that, you know which you didn't you don't think about, but obviously the hundreds of thousands or millions of people in King's Landing that had no idea that Ares was a freaking psycho. You know, they don't That's true. They don't even get word of half of the stuff that the king would ever say. So the fact that he was always known as the Kingslayer and obviously the the regular population couldn't do anything about it. But I thought that was really interesting to read about how no one really knew that the king was crazy and was about to burn the whole city down. And he did it anyways and he never disputed the nickname that he got because of it. And he's lived with that.
0: And he's like been fine with it. Yeah. I think... Um... The only time I've ever seen him be upset about it was when he was with Bran and they were like taking that bath <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, but, but at that point he was so broken down yeah, that, you know, that's when everything kind of comes crashing down on you. And he was probably thinking, you know, like, this is really my legacy. What the hell? Yeah. You know, and he kind of broke down to her, but let's talk a little bit about the Prince that was promised theory.
1: If yes. you want And this is mostly Lord of Light lore, correct?
0: Yes. So, yeah, pretty much. The Royar religion or whatever the Lord of Light religion is called. It's like R-H-O apostrophe (laughs) L-L-A-R or something. Godspeed pronouncing Um, that right. We'll actually put the link to our post on that in this because it kind of dives into the religion a little bit more. But long story short, Azor Ahai, as we said, is the guy that's supposed to save, or girl, the person yeah um the world from winter and um in an article from nerdist last year a little or a little over a year ago um they point out um parts of this prophecy and how it could align to be pertaining to jamie and not john or danny so i'll read this excerpt really quick about what azor High is great to fight the darkness, Azorahai needed to forge a hero's sword. He labored for 30 days and 30 nights until it was done. However, when he went to temper it in water, the sword broke. He was not one to give up easily, so he started over. The second time, he took 50 days and 50 nights to make the sword, even better than the first. To temper it this time, he captured a lion and drove the sword into its heart. But once more, the steel shattered. The third time with a heavy heart for he knew beforehand for he knew beforehand what he must do to finish the blade he worked for a hundred days and nights until it was finished. This time he called for his wife Nissanissa Nissa, and asked her to bear her breast. He drove his sword into her breast, her soul combining with the steel of the sword, creating lightbringer while her cry of anguish and ecstasy left a crack across the face of the moon. Wow Lots of metaphors. Basically, <laughs> so of course, people have seen how this pertains to Jon Snow. He has died and since come back to life. To Danny, she burned um, Khal Drogo's body, thus her "quote unquote" Lightbringer was born.
1: Yeah, dragons.
0: I'll say. Um,
1: Firebringer.
0: Firebringer. And with Jamie Lannister, this could mean that he kills Cersei, and. Not so much, and it, what we notice about all of these instances with John, Danny, and Jamie you know, say that Jamie does kill Cersei, it's not so much a sacrificial thing. It's going over that hump of, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm doing what needs to be done. Jamie did that when, or Danny did that when she burned Kaldrogo's body and went into the fire with the dragon eggs. Um, john's was kind of not john's was uh, a subconscious (laughs) um so his instance is a little bit different but i think if it does come to the point where jamie kills cersei you know it will be for the greater good not out of spite yeah which would bring his prophecy so to speak full circle yeah to doing what is right and we did see in that season eight trailer that Cersei was in King's Landing and she seemed to have like more Kingsguard than normal behind her armed and ready for battle so at some point a battle will be brought to King's Landing so what's going to happen when they get there and who who are they be fighting
1: yeah I don't think there's enough time for the White Walkers to take their sweet ass time to make it there so I'm sure it's she's just scared for her life after Jamie leaves but hmm I wonder if uh, Jamie killing Cersei will be like a soul stone kind of thing. He'll just like toss her off a cliff and then erase half of the universe.
0: I wish. And then we dive into the MCU. (laughs) The Marvel crossover. Disney has bought Fox. We'll have X-Men in King's Landing as well. Oh, God. I wish.
1: There's so much. And And did you mention that Jamie might be a Targaryen? Did we talk about that a little bit?
0: A little... No, we haven't talked about it, but we have a little we can say on that. So there's a lot of evidence that Jamie Lannister is a Targaryen. Um, so the Mad King, King Ares, supposedly had relations with Joanna Lannister. Um, There is an excerpt in A World of Ice and Fire, the Encyclopedia of Westeros, if you will, by George R. R. Martin, that says that Mad Ares... Mad, Mad King Aerys um, took any and all liberties of really? his hand, Tywin, implying that meant his wife Joanna. So, um, and if you kind of look at the math, she. Some things say she wasn't in King's Landing during like the time of conception. Some some uh. things say she was. So. I don't know. They could be oh, Lannisters. They all could yeah. be... Or, I'm, I'm sorry, Targaryens. They all could be Targaryens. Yep. All the signs are there. I mean, let's look at the signs that contribute to the theory that Jamie and Cersei are Targaryens. Uh, they're both blonde and really good looking. <laughs> they're into the whole incest thing. Ah. Um, They're crazy train traits that are common in Targaryens due to incest.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, Seen it a thousand times.
0: And Cersei kind of rocks that crazy train trait more than jamie i think the craziest thing that jamie has done is push Brian out of a window one of the craziest things yeah um but we have a little addition to that um that we can go into whenever yeah but so i mean there's i don't know i don't know man
1: there's something there there's something there i don't know i mean it, it would that be a distraction in season eight probably but it'd be awesome uh,
0: well, and I think the only reason that they would say that is, or, like, the reason to bring that up is to get on a dragon.
1: Oh. Like, you gotta be a Targaryen yeah. to ride a dragon yeah. or something. Yeah.
0: But then it's the whole process of explaining that, and, like, it took us a real long time to explain Jon Snow's true parentage. So. Yeah, and
1: if you look at the speed of season seven, I gotta say, things moved really fast overall.
0: And some people were pissed.
1: Yeah, like it didn't it, it wasn't as deep as far as dialogue and character development and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. You know, they're really trying to hone in on the on the main characters. Yeah. And they're not telling as much of a deep story per character, which you know, there's there's a lot of shit that's got to happen, so I appreciate the action. But I do appreciate that yes, there's not as much character development. It's There's not as, like, smooth a cadence. It might seem a little bit more forced. You know, but that hasn't stopped me from thinking it's the best show on television. (laughs) I know, right? I'm
0: fine with it. I'll take what I can get.
1: Yeah. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about where Jamie goes from here. And now that we've seen the trailer, which couldn't have been time better for recording this, um, we do know that Jamie heads to meet up with the Scooby gang up in Winterfell. And uh, the my my question is, you know, what what master is he going to serve at this point? Sounds like the master he serves is is the living, based on the trailer. Uh, so, is that John at this point? Is it Danny? Who's leading the charge? Danny, I suppose.
0: I think it's both of them though, because
1: especially now that they've
0: boned. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I think she and she's not stupid like. She knows that she only has the wildlings and the north if John yields to her. And if she tries to force that hand a little bit, yeah, you know, they're all going to be like chucking up the deuces. But I'm the army of the dead, just like kind of washes away all the bullshit, yeah, you know. She knows he doesn't want to be king, yeah, she knows what. Especially now that she went and saved everyone and lost one of her dragons. You know, like, she lost one of her dragons to save John and all those jokers that went with him. So the North is with her. Like, they're like, okay, you're in it to win it. Like, you went to save our king. Yeah. And our king says, now we gotta follow you? Okay. Yeah. We will. Like, I don't see the need for any more politics. Yeah. And I think, um, like, even... Sansa like if she's like why did you yield to him like once she learns what Danny did for him yeah. and learns that Danny is there to help them fight the long winter when she doesn't have to be she easily could have chosen to just go to King's Landing yeah and not stayed to help or believed or you know yeah looked at it as that big of a threat so I really do think that the army of the dead evens things out the political drama will come after they beat them
1: Yeah, I think one of my favorite parts of the series so far is, and it was a great way to shoot it too, is when Danny and crew go to King's Landing to show the White Walker that they Mm -hmm. found and captured to Cersei. Remember how they unboxed it, and it was like a minute before the White Walker actually came out. And And the camera
0: was like on a dolly, like going up over it. Oh, I
1: know, and you'd heard the story about how they, they tried for hundreds of years to make to get a white walker down to king's landing to prove that they existed oh man it's great television uh so yeah i i think all of, all of that's all of that's great stuff you know but of course what i want to know and who i didn't see in the trailer and was was he on the ew cover was braun so what's going to happen to braun and if jamie dies did Bron go with him? Was Bron in King's Landing? Do you know? At the end of season seven.
0: Was Bron in King's Landing? Uh. Hold on. We got. You know, we got our. We got our. Uh, computers up. Hold on. We're gonna do some real time <laughs> stuff.
1: All right. What, hold on.
0: Hold on. Hold on. I'm got to think. Where?
1: Where is he? He wasn't on the covers. No. So. Where is he? Where is he? This is this is an important question because he is one of my favorite characters. He's got to be with Jamie because obviously he was with him in the fight against Danny, and I'm assuming he stayed with him because he saved Jamie's life in that whole shebang. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fired the scorpion to throw the big arrow into Drogon. So what's going to happen next? I don't know. And he wasn't in the trailer. So I wonder if they kill Bronn, we riot. Um, but
0: no, because we got to have like a Tyrion reunion and all. I know, of
1: that. I know, that's right.
0: And I think
1: so. We will I go mean, with him.
0: If, I think it'd be cool if you know how at the end of season season seven we see Jamie leaving at what looks like dusk. Yeah. Um, or dawn, actually. He's leaving, and what if we pick up where that leaves off? and someone like rides up on a horse and is like you're not leaving like I could see Braun saying something like you're not leaving me with your fucking crazy ass (laughs) sister like and he's just oh yeah you nailed it like he's just like let's get the hell out of here like uh uh cuz
1: yep yep that's great
0: sorry you stumped me I was like oh gosh but no he was not in um on the covers and neither was uh Yara which I didn't really expect to see her on there
1: oh god can the Greyjoys just be eliminated. I know. Already. But
0: the one Greyjoy Joker and Theon were on a cover together.
1: Oh, you're on? Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay.
0: Yeah, sorry, on um Pure Fandoms Instagram, I only put the first ones from the first the like main character ones released. But here I'll pull this up right now. I'll pull this up right now, my hus. Okay, so the next one's so we have a solo of Bran, Missendei, and Grey Worm. Clegane, Bowl. Oh, it's uh, oh, Ser Jorah and Varys yeah. on a cover together. Euron and Theon on a cover together. Melisandra and um, Davos on a cover together. Yeah. Oh, and then I really hope I get this one. Um, of course, we have Sam and Gilly on a cover together and the Night King.
1: Oh, speaking of the Night King you want to go into the theory about oh, man. Jamie?
0: Okay. Um, so I think it would, like we've talked a lot about Jamie. So obviously this podcast is about Jamie. But we've talked a lot about Jamie and the whole Kingslayer thing. Um, everyone keeps calling him Kingslayer, Kingslayer. That's like the only thing he is known for. Um, what if we round out this whole Kingslayer title with him actually killing the Night King? Mic drop. I know. That'd be awesome.
1: The Night King Slayer.
0: The Night King Slayer.
1: Slash Savior of Humanity. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yep. That would be a mic drop.
0: It'd be badass. He'd probably die doing it. (laughs) Yep. But um, he'd be fine with it. And then if he's dead, what does that leave? His face for Arya to steal and wear as she murders Cersei.
1: (laughs) (laughs) One of our favorite theories. Yes. Yes. But see, I, I read online, and this is this is very valid, where if, if Arya takes Jamie's face, we would we would have to be surprised that Jamie died. Because we'd have to like you know what I mean? Because if we'd have to not know it's Aria with Jamie's face about to kill Cersei, and then we wouldn't know that Jamie was dead, and they would never not let us. Mourn Jamie.
0: True, but didn't Arya kill Walter Frey before she killed the rest of the Freys.
1: No, because she poisoned them all and then slit Walter Frey's throat.
0: No, she had Walter's face on.
1: Oh shit, you're right. I know. Damn, so Walter Frey didn't get a proper Or did he?
0: No, she did. She fed him the pie, and then she said, "I want you. I'm Arya Stark. A Stark's face is the last you'll see as you'll die." And she told him that as she slit his throat. And then they opened another episode later on, but it kind of looked. We were like, "Oh, is this a flashback? Like, what is this?" It was her wearing Walder's face, poisoning everyone.
1: Yes, that was man. Yeah, they did nail that one. Okay, so, fine. It could. I know. Happen.
0: I don't know. So I. Uh, you're right.
1: <laughs> something to think about
0: something to think about okay
1: something to think about
0: okay okay
1: all right well do we want to talk about some of these other humanizing elements of Jamie
0: yeah um, let's first we just have a couple of tidbits before we wrap up here so um, just a, some interesting things that George R. R Martin has said about the character Jamie that provides a different perspective on him yeah. than just being an in, incestual Lunatic? Yep. Um, so Martin told Rolling Stone in 2014, one of the things I wanted to explore with Jamie and with so many of the characters is the whole issue of redemption. When can we be redeemed? Is redemption even possible? When do we forgive people? Our society is full of people who have fallen in one way or another. How many good acts make up for a bad act? I don't know the answer, but these are questions worth thinking about. I want there to be a possibility of redemption for us because we all do terrible things. We should be able to be forgiven because if there is no possibility of redemption, what's the answer then? And then, specifically addressing Jamie's attempted at murder of Bran, Martin said, What Jamie did to Bran is interesting. Remember, he threw him out the window.
1: Uh, yeah, generally frowned upon. The pilot. Yep.
0: Um, remember, as Martin says, Jamie isn't just trying to kill Bran because he's an annoying little kid. Bran has seen something that is basically a death sentence for Jamie, for Cersei, and their three children. So I've asked people who have children, "Well, what would you do in Jamie's situation?" They say, "Well, I'm not a bad guy. I wouldn't kill." Are you sure? Never.
1: <laughs> if Bran
0: kills King, if Bran tells King Robert, he's going to kill you and your sister lover,
1: <laughs> sister and your Robert. three
0: children then many of them hesitate probably more people than not would say yeah i would kill someone else's child to save my own child even if that other child was innocent these are the difficult decisions people make and they're worth examining
1: it's pretty dark but it is true (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's kind of the the fringe of humanity and Uh you know challenging your morals but certainly interesting and explains a lot and how jamie's kind of come full circle and redeeming himself and i i love to get Martin's perspective on all of that stuff because obviously he's an incredibly intelligent person um, who's been able to write all of these books which is incredible and his the depth of his knowledge on relationships and the human condition if you will is really what's amazed me the most I mean we just got uh, what was the what's the book we just got Fire and Blood Fire and Blood the one that he wrote about the last 300 years of Targaryen history and uh you know that he just happened to pump out in the last couple of years you know yeah so the the nuance of the relationships that he's written about of you know the the strong female characters that have emerged in the show it's just uh it's it's really incredible to read uh and obviously see develop in the show and for it to come from one person's mind is pretty insane
0: It's ridiculous. Like he's had to seen some shit. Like he's yeah he's had to have some serious relationships. Like yeah,
1: and then he sat back and been able to reflect. In a wait, has he had to kill children? Do you think? (laughs) Frack.
0: (laughs) But you're right to be able to sit back, reflect on life experiences, and then write them out like this. Yeah, it might. I mean, it might be very therapeutic.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it is. And he's able to weave history in, which obviously, obviously, he's very passionate about. He's mm-hmm. based a lot of the, a lot of the books on uh, historic world or global events, mm-hmm. which is cool. So yeah, I think Jamie is a, a great example of some, some, you know, a hole that we knew in high school that's become a really nice guy because they found someone that brings out the best in them.
0: Brianne. Yeah. Yeah, I think we can thank Brianne for that.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Brianne.
0: Was there anything else we should cover about Jamie Lannister?
1: No, I'm really looking forward to what he does next. I really look forward to see how him and the Scooby crew up in uh, the Scooby gang up in Winterfell interact. Obviously, everyone's going to hate him, but Tyrion's going to have to be the one that saves him, which I think is going to be a nice piece of irony.
0: Great point. Yeah. And I'm sure when he sees Bran, Bran will just be like, bro, I've so much has happened.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Brian has to redeem himself a little bit, too, this year. And I think uh, I think we'll cover that in a subsequent podcast.
0: hundred percent. There's a yeah. lot to explore there. The obvious theories, but we can dive a little deeper. Yeah,
1: I'm very much looking forward to that. And uh, to my friend Parmel out there who's listening to the podcast, he is definitely not the Night King. So you can <laughs> shut your damn mouth about that.
0: Everyone tweet Parmel at... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we love you, Parm.
1: Yeah, and uh, if you made it to the end of this podcast, we will know.
0: I know. So don't pretend like you listened to it when you really didn't, Parm.
1: Yeah, that's right, buddy. We love you. All right,
0: well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to a podcast for members on SoundCloud and iTunes. Um, We have a ton of great podcasts that you can really queue up at any time. The goal of this podcast is to really dive into the history of A World of Ice and Fire that George R. R. Martin has put together. See how it pertains into the show. But honestly, there's so much cool lore outside of the show that's worth exploring. We've talked about Old Geese, which was like 10,000 years before where we are now. Yeah. Um, we've talked about the real reason behind the doom of Valyria. We've talked about the Andals, the Reiner, and the First Men. Um, we've really kind of dove into some pretty cool history. And what's great about that, too, is... It should lead up to the new Game of Thrones series. Oh, man. The spin off yeah. series, so it should prep us for that as well. Um, but make sure you tweet us at Pure underscore fandom. Let us know um, any theories that you have. And
1: Until then,
0: keep safe!